Good afternoon, everybody. You're listening to the Mindset Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Jensen, and today in episode 95, we're talking about paper clips and two-by-fours. No, really. That's what we're talking about. Paper clips and two-by-fours. When I was uh, a little bit younger, feels like a long time ago now, but I had a, a seriously cool and unique opportunity. Um, I was able to string rackets for the tennis team at Utah State University. My dad was the head tennis coach for both the men's and women's team um, when I was, I believe, 12, 13, and 14 years old. And it was a really, really cool opportunity. I got to see tennis players. I can remember watching tennis players, um, kind of observing how they were mentally. Some were emotional, some weren't. Some were incredibly athletic and not very strong mentally. Some were incredibly strong mentally and not that great physically. Some were a combination of both. Some were neither. And I remember I got to talk to a lot of these athletes just because they would bring the rackets over to my dad's home, or my home as well, and I would string them up for him. And every once in a while, I got to go on a road trip with my dad, and I would be the one who was stringing the rackets for them on the trip. And I remember there was one particular athlete by the name of Rob Marcosian was was a lefty, and he had a huge serve, and he was breaking strings all the time. I don't know if he strung it too tight. I don't know what the situation was. And he was one of the better players on the team. He was always playing number one or number two for Utah State. And I just remember him having an unbelievable mindset. Um, he seemed to, it, it just didn't really, ca- he didn't care what the conditions were. He didn't care whether the player was ranked number one in the country or was the worst player in the country. He really felt like he was going to win. And I remember in one particular match, they were in a third set and he had broken all of his rackets. I believe one of them he had broken just by hitting it on the ground, and then two of them he had broken the strings. And I simply, I, I wasn't able to string the two rackets fast enough. And so I ran out there, and I'm like, Rob, I don't I don't know what to do. I don't, I, I, I wasn't able to string the rackets fast enough. And he's like, I don't care. Bring me a freaking two-by-four. I don't care what you bring me. I'm, I can finish this guy off with any racket. Just give me a racket. <laughs> I just remember that mindset as just really impressive to me as a young man. Like he, he really didn't care about what racket he had. And I remember it was another teammate's racket that he used and he finished off the third set and won and moved on. And it was just a really interesting kind of life lesson slash athletic lesson slash mental toughness lesson for me as a young man. And, you know, it, it it really left a mark on me. And so let me shift gears here a little bit and talk to you a little bit about in in some of my group sessions now, and, and I'll tie these two things together. You know, he, he was talking about beating this guy with a two-by-four if I had one. <laughs> um, in some of my group sessions now, I'll pass out a paper clip to everyone, and I'll ask a few questions after I pass them out. And I, and I ask them sim- simple questions like this. How many... How many paper clips were sold worldwide last year? Do you know? 38 billion. 
That's right, 38 billion paper clips around the world last year. That's an average of 35 paper clips for every single person in this world. What a great industry, right? I wish I was the person in charge of selling every single one of those paper clips. So here's the next question. How many do you think were used for their original purpose of pairing two pieces of paper together? I don't know what the what what the exact answer is. I've I've Googled around and haven't been able to find the exact answer, but my guess is less than ten percent. So what do people use these paper clips for? And I ask people in in these group sessions all the time, what do you use it for? And there's been all kinds of crazy things. Everything's from clearing out earwax <laughs> to um, replacing SIM cards on their iPhone to replacing zippers uh, to be able to pull their zippers up and down to picking locks to making chains. There's all kinds of creative answers when it comes to um, a paperclip. But my question after they come up with all the different uses that can come from a paperclip is, do you think that manufacturers go around complaining that people don't use them for what they were made for? Or are manufacturers just pretty dang happy that they created a product that has a unique role for each and every one of us? Are they upset that somebody uses it for a zipper? Are they upset that somebody uses it to be able to pick apart their iPhone and change their SIM card? I don't think they're upset about it. So there's a couple of lessons here from the two by four and the paperclip. One is, this goes back to the two by four or the racket analogy. Are you so terrible at your sport? Are you so terrible at your profession? Are you so terrible at what you do that conditions have to be perfect? No. Heavens no. You're not. That's never been true and it's not true today. It's not going to be true tomorrow. You don't need the perfect racket. You don't need perfect weather. You don't need the perfect day. You don't need the perfect ref. You don't need the perfect boss. You don't need the perfect client. You don't need anything to be perfect. You just need you, and you need your training, and you need you. Number two, are you adaptable to the situation that you're in? Are you okay with your current role? Are you pouting because your role isn't what you thought it would be with your company, with your team, in your family, in your organization? Remember, it's not that big of a deal if your role is different than what you thought it is. Remember this, different isn't bad, different isn't disappointing, different is just different. In fact, different might be exactly what you were born to do. The sports world is full of people who realize that their role, once accepted, could be vital to their team's success. And more importantly, it was vital to their own success. Dennis Rodman didn't win championships because of his unbelievable jump shot. Mariano Rivera didn't help the Yankees to win because of his focus on being a starting pitcher in the Yankees organization. And Steffi Graf isn't known for an amazing topspin backhand. But all were consistent winners and all knew what their strengths were and all were willing to adapt in order to get what they wanted out of their sport. So think about these questions for a minute. What is it you do that is a strength in your current situation? What is it that you do that isn't a strength? 
And how can this knowledge help your team, help your business, help your organization, or help your family? And here's my challenge to you. This is my challenge today. My challenge is this. Embrace your role wherever you are. If you were in charge of nine-year-olds, knock it out of the park with nine-year-olds. If you were in charge of cleaning up the office at the end of the day, make that place shine. Whatever your role, make people think it's the most important job in the organization and make sure that people in the organization think that you think it's the most important job in the organization. It will be contagious. Be a fountain, not a drain. Wherever you are, bring beauty to it. That's all I have for today. If you have questions about this episode or any of the episodes that we've had, feel free to email me at Riley at MountainWestElite.com or via Twitter at Riley Jensen. That's at R-I-L-E-Y-J-E-N-S-E-N. I'd love to hear from you. Let's do this again tomorrow.